You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. I'm going to talk about the apostolic culture today. And Pastor Jean, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I know just enough not to know that much, but enough to at least launch us somewhere. And Pastor Jean gave a word last week. And you can look at, you can see all of our words. You can download the app called SoundCloud. And uh, Noah's going to put it up. But you can, there's an app called SoundCloud, or you can just go to it on your regular laptop or whatever you use. But it has all of our sermons on there. But what it does is it breaks it out for you. Like it'll say announcements. It'll say testimonies. So then you can go just to the prophetic words. You can go just to the preaching. The only thing it doesn't have on it is the worship because that's all live stream, which we can't do that. So you can download SoundCloud, and then that way you're able to listen to everything. And I would encourage you to go back and listen, because what God is doing is building something that we're getting pieces of each week, whether it's on uh, the outpouring, whether it's Sunday morning, we're getting pieces. We have prophetic words flowing. We have the word of God flowing. We have worship flowing. We're getting pieces every week, but it takes some prayer and understanding to put those pieces together. And today I felt like the Lord wanted us to kind of go through what he's been showing us and start put some of the pieces together. We got two prophetic words yesterday, Matt and Pastor Jean. Um, we just got one today. Whew. God is moving. He wants us to hear what he's doing so that we can recognize and step into the movement of God. And if we, we can receive all day long, but unless we activate what we've received, then it just is nothing. Because we got a bunch of stuff with no step into it. So we've got to step into what God's doing. Um, the Lord spoke to me in November, and I did share this with you guys, that this will be a year that we will be stretched that we will be stretched and that we will have such a tangible presence waiting for us each time we gather and that he is stretching us from that out to while we come in to receive, we go out to release. So we're receiving while we're together. There is a corporate anointing that happens when we're together. We get personal words. We get corporate words. We get vision for the future. But it's, in, it's, it's, it's given to us so we can release as we go out. And that really is what an apostolic culture is. It's where the body comes together to, to worship God, to learn, to train, to uh, get uh, gifts imparted to us, to be able to step into our anointings, to be able to recognize the presence of God when we're out amongst them so that we can respond to what God's calling us to do. So that's what we do. We equip the saints for the work of the ministry. I'm going to go ahead and read that out of Ephesians 4. We usually read clips of that, but I want to read that whole little section, uh, Noah, Ephesians 4. Uh, 
God is having fun. He is having fun. And he wants you to have fun with him. He wants, when you get stretched, he wants you to say, feels so good. It may scare the dickens out of me, but it feels so good, Lord. Because I want to be stretched in the biggest way I can. Ephesians 4, verse 11. It says, he himself, we're talking about Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teaching teachers for equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. And remember in Ephesians 3, it says we're going to be filled to the fullness of God. So God is filling us to the fullness of Christ that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, cared about with every wind of doctrine. We will not be carried by that. By the trickery of men and cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but we will speak the truth in love, um, may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ from whom the whole body, us, is joined, knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective work by which every part does its share. I do my share. You do your share. So we function properly as the body. Causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So that's a, that's a lot of scripture right there, but I'm only going to pick a couple of points out of it. Um, So the point of the, apostolic, you know, Pastor Gene, I'm going to talk about his word that he gave last week. But part of his word was that we, we are uh, an apostolic center, which we have up there on our, our sign. We put it up there before we actually knew the, what God was calling us to do. Uh, we knew pieces and parts. And since then, we understand pieces and parts. We don't have the fullness of understanding. Um, I would love to understand everything right now, but (laughs) you know how Jesus told the disciples, I have more to tell you, but you really can't take it. (laughs) I feel like that's, God's like, I got more to tell you, but you're still trying to assimilate all the stuff I've already told you. So he tells us as we can assimilate in, as we're willing to press in for the more. So we put that up there because that's what God called us to do. And just in, in just real simple terms, Apostolic means that we look outside the church, that a church is one part of what we do. But what we also do is we train, we equip, we uh, bring healing, we, we restore, we activate, we impart, we help you get in your giftings, we help you break through. Part of the apostolic is we're going to help you break through where you need breakthrough in your life whether it's finances, whether it's family, whether it's jobs, whether it's no matter what it is, part of the apostolic carries a breaker anointing that stands with you so that you can break through where you need breakthrough, right? So that's part of it. So we think in a bigger, we think in a uh, bigger kingdom 
mindset because our job is to come together, be united as a body, be equipped, healed, all those things I just listed. And so we can go out and be transformative to the culture. So when we talk about an apostolic culture, what it means is this is this is not the full meaning, but this is what it means today. It will be expanded as we go. But what it means really is that we are united as a body to be in a kingdom culture where our thought is we are going to transform, we're going to train, we're going to quit, we're going to do all those things so that when we get out and face the world culture, we are able to supersede it by the apostolic culture that has been imparted and put inside of us. And, and like I said, that's a, that's a, a kind of, but it's not a full uh, because we don't have the full understanding. So when Pastor Gene released that word last week, it was a transformative word. And I don't know if you remember it. I'm going to share some of it this morning, kind of go through some scriptures. But it was the kind of word that carried the now. It was like, put your net in now. That word was now. It was not for a, it carries a future to it, but it was a activated word that happened last Sunday. He even said in the word, mark today. Mark today for the change. Mark today. So um, some of the things we've really been focusing on this year or really in the last six months is God has been calling us to be presence-centered. That when we come together, we are surrounded and focused on his presence. And we've always been that way. We just haven't uh, understood it as clearly as we understand it right now. That it is all about valuing, acknowledging, and yielding to the presence of God. What, Like Jean says, we come with a clean slate and then he does what he does. And we yield to whatever that is. Um, We've also been focused on living according to the spirit. Romans 8, 5 says that we live according to the spirit. That the spirit dwells in us. The spirit resides on us. And we live according to our spirit perfected by the Holy Spirit. And that's what we live from. And we've gotten a new, more awareness. It's always been here, but we've become a more aware of angelic activity. And Pastor Gene shared a whole thing on it a couple of weeks ago. You can go back and listen to the messages. We had a whole angelic force turnout on our last outpouring. But God wants us to be aware that there are angelic around us to, he comes, the angelic comes to assist the saints for the work of the ministry that God has called us to, right? Because that's what the word says. Uh, I love this scripture. I want to read this one out of Romans uh, 34, 7. It says, the angel of the Lord encamps around all who fear him and delivers them. The angelic is around us. I had a a vision from the Lord the other day, and I'm going to share some visions as we go. I've had a lot of word, dreams, visions from the Lord uh, lately, but he showed me an angel in my my office in a vision. Um, But the angel was uh, all silver, but it wasn't like metal silver. It was like precious 
precious silver. You know, it was valuable silver. And he showed me this angel. And um, I wrote it down. I better get it right here. Let's see if we can get it right. And I could hear the sound coming off of him. And it was like, uh, it was like a, it was like sound waves. It was like sound waves. That's really what it was. But you could feel that they were warrior sound and it was very strong and mighty. Um, and, he, and the Lord said, the angelic is running interference for you. He's going ahead of you. He's running interference for you. And he is opening doors. And when I saw the doors open, I saw a sho- the shoulder of the an- angel push. You know how, how the SWAT breaks the door open with their shoulder? I saw him pushing it open. And he said, not all the open doors that are available to you will open with ease. I- I'm sending help to break through where they are stuck. So understand, sometimes when we talk about prophetic, oh, there's going to be open door, the open door, we think it's just like a skip and a walk and here we through. But sometimes God is sending a little pressure to break that door open. And we have to realize that uh, there's so much going on around us in order for God to accomplish what he wants to do through us. So anyhow, so that was that. So as far as we're talking about this apostolic culture, uh, like I said, these are the things that God has been really working on us, that open door. And and Pastor Gene used that scripture last week, that a great and effective door has been opened for us. But this is 1 Corinthians 16, 9, but it says there are many adversaries. So understand this open door that we're talking about where we are right now that God is doing through us, to us, around us, for us, there are a lot of adversaries. But it's what is seeded in us in this apostolic, what's culture imparted in us in apostolic power. What we carry is what's going to defeat the adversaries that are going to come against us. And they are, whether it's a la-di-da uh, you know, adversary that's just a little taunter, a little teaser, or it could be the adversary that's going after your mind because, uh, as Pastor Gene said, things didn't go the way you wanted. You know, you're you're fighting discouragement, you're fighting disillusionment, you're fighting God. Was that really you? You know, that is an adversarial voice coming against you. So we have to understand: not every adversary is going to be face to face, full throttle challenging you to a duel most of the adversarial work that the enemy has planned is subtle it is a whisper it is a slight taunt it is a chaos that is created around your workplace or something that's happened that's that's challenged you am I going to step up or am I just going to be silent So God is in the middle of this. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about Gene's word last week, Pastor Gene's word last week, because there were certain keys in there that I felt like were important for us to realize. And like I said, you can go back and listen to both Matt and his because they actually were joined together. They were getting the same 
core word to be released over us. When it comes to voices in one morning, that means that God wants you to pay attention. When he repeats something in the word, that means look, stop, take notice, pay attention to what I'm saying. So uh, they both talked about that. Um, uh, let me just see where I want to go here for a minute. Uh, my favorite part of what he said was that we have an apostolic virus. <laughs> he did apologize for that, but think about that. <laughs> we carry something that has to be released. And that when people get near us, we, we, it comes off of us. It comes out of our breath. You know, viruses are, are caught by contact, by breathing, by all that. We want the people around us to be infected by the presence of God, to be hungered, to be stirred for the presence of God. And that comes from the practice of us getting hungered and stirred by the presence of God. You know, when we're in the presence, he stirs us. There's something that happens to us and we can walk out and shake it off of us or we can walk out and bathe in it. But we carry something that has to be uh, um, released and that uh, the other key part of this apostolic culture is that there's new levels of opposition and accusations because the enemy is not going to look the other way as we walk in the, uh, the anointing and really the, the, the glorified Christ in us in their face. They're not going to walk away. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And part of being part of the whole body where our joints are together, where we are, we are bonded together by the Holy Spirit. We're sealed by the spirit is that when one is under attack and oppression, there is a body that rises up to battle for you. So we're never alone. Christ is always with us, but we have a body of warriors that have different giftings, that have different insights, that have different revelation that can help us beat down, battle through, and walk in victory in what the enemy has determined against us. So we have to believe that the equipping of the body to be one in unity is the key to walk in victory in releasing the kingdom as we go forward out there. And I say out there with all the love, all the admiration, because we've all been one of those out there at some time, right? We weren't born, born again. So it's not a... Uh, it's not a mental uh, adversarial relationship we have without there. It's a spiritual war that God has called us to fight based on what is presented. And sometimes the war is just releasing Jesus over. Sometimes the war is just seeing 
What is it they need? Let me help them, even though they're a little bit spiky this morning. They're a little bit prickly. And my first thought is to walk away or to be sharp back. But God says your first thought needs to be me and you for them. One of the other things he said, and then I'm going to share a couple other things with you, is <clears throat> that uh, that God has raised us up in a habitation in the places he has signed us to. That we're assigned to where we are. And whether we like it or not, God has a purpose that he wants to get fulfilled in where we're assigned. Yes. So we might as well lean in. And say, God, not my favorite, but you are my favorite. So I'm going to lean into what you have for this situation, for this moment, for this time, for this person, for this company, whatever it is, for this neighborhood. I'm going to lean in to what you have because we are assigned in this moment and time until he moves us to the next moment. Okay, so let's stop there. I'm going to kind of shift a little bit. Uh, I just wanted to share a little bit of what Pastor Gene shared. And like I said, and Pastor Matt, you, you'll have to go back and listen to it because it is so powerful uh, because it is, when it was released, it was activated. And those who chose to run with it has already seen the work this week. But I'm going to encourage you to go back and listen to that word again. So the other thing the Lord's been talking to me about was yet last week I talked about Caleb and the whole, if you didn't hear it, you can go back and listen to it. But Caleb, the whole uh, thing with Joshua, where they were going to take the promised land, the other 10 people that went to spy the land decided they could not see God's vision. All they could see was the enemy's plan. I want us to change the way we see. We see the enemy's plan, which means that God has a vision to supersede what the enemy has planned in our neighborhood, in our kid, whatever it is, wherever your mountain is in our physical bodies, God has a plan to supersede that. And there were two scriptures out of here that I want to run to real quick. Um, one of them is Numbers 14, 9, and Pastor Gene came up and read it again. Um, I'm not even sure I read it last week. We'll see. But it says, um, Numbers 14, 9, it says, only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. I want us to understand right now that if the Lord has assigned us something, then whatever the enemy has planned against us, his, the protection around him has been lifted that he will not have victory over where God has sent us. Amen. It says that if, if do not rebel against where God has sent you, do not rebel nor fear where God has sent you because they are our bread where God has sent us. He sent us to overtake that territory because if he sent us, then the protection they had no longer exists. So the victory for us is already assured. 
And of course, if you go on to read about moving into the promised land, Joshua brings them in and the victory was assured as long as they were obedient. The only time they had trouble is when they misread the Gibeonites. And I'm not going to go through all that, but really when they didn't discern what the Lord and ask for the Lord, what was going on, then they got caught in a trap of defending someone they would have never defended before. So it's that discernment and asking the Lord, Lord, you've sent me to this territory. You've sent me to a people. Whatever stronghold the enemy had over those people, it has been lifted. That protection is no longer there, which means I have victory to move in with the people you're sending with me to overtake the land that the enemy has. That is an apostolic culture where we're able to see like Caleb and Josh, we could see what God saw for the land, for the people. And not only could we see it, but we could walk in victory because God is with us and not with them. So that's a key part that we're going to really have to remember is if God's assigned us, that means it's already prepared for us to have victory. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It just means it's going to get done. And that's where the whole body comes in. You know, I'm trying to win victory here. Guys, I need for you to pray because I don't know how to do it. Or I've got, I've hit a a stumbling block. I just need wisdom on what the next part is. You know, that's what we're here for. Um, That's one of the scriptures. The other scripture is um, out of Matthew 11, 12. Maybe I should look it up too. Unless I'm just going to wing my memory. Matthew eleven twelve. It's interesting because in Matthew 11, it has a lot of subjects in there, a lot of thought process in there. But I want to focus in on this. Uh, Matthew eleven twelve. it says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent takes it by force. In Luke, it says they keep pressing in. They keep pressing in. And there's several ways to interpret this. One of the ways is, is that the kingdom people are taking it by force. We are pressing into all that the kingdom has for us so that we can take that and move into what God has for us for on this earth. You know, it's interesting when we think about the violence, take it by force. We think of our American or current thought of violence. Yeah, we think of violence being war and meanness and and honoriness and, you know, you can think of it. But what it really means is it applies force. We're applying force to what is occurring, that we are are applying... um, the okay let me think about this it's in my brain i'm just gonna see if i can get words on it you know how sometimes you see things in your brain but you can't actually get words on it so i'm gonna read the scripture one more time it's here (laughs) 
Verse 12, it says, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. And I'm going to go ahead and read a couple more verses. It says, and from the prophets and the laws prophesied until John. And if you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So are we pressing into the fullness of the kingdom and what it has for us? Do we have the ears to hear to press in and go after the fullness that the kingdom has for us? Think about that. I think we do. But sometimes we have to kind of lean in to the situation and really hear from the Lord what is it you have for it? What is it you have for it? You know, one of the things the Lord has been showing me is that uh, it's a real season of worship. And not that not every season is, but you know how there's just kind of like a uh, just kind of like an extra anointing where you're just so hungry to spend time with God, to worship. You want to sneak away five more minutes. You want to sneak away another 15 minutes. You know, when you're in your car, you don't want to listen to anything but worship. And, and it's like God meets you there. And there's like a, a, a constant presence of his throne room, his nature, his wonder, his, his words over you, because there's just like this river flowing out of heaven. There's just like this river flowing out of heaven. And I feel like that the Lord is inviting us in to that secret place to sneak a little bit more time with him. And no matter whether it's Five minutes or five hours is not really the, the point. It's like for every moment that is, that is uh, stolen away from the day in his presence, it, it is exponential in what we're able to do in the natural realm because we're filled with his realm. And that really is what a culture, an apostolic culture is all about. Because we are sent to transform everywhere, everywhere. Amen. And we've received a word that Tarpon Springs is about to have a hallelujah revival. Wow. That Jesus is going to meet Tarpon Springs in a way they've never, he's never met him before. That the eyes are going to be open, that, that even the hearts that are... Uh, 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 on their way are going to be taken to a greater way. I mean, it's just going to be like a, um, what I kept seeing is uh, like a pot of pasta turned upside down and all poured out. <laughs> Must be getting near lunchtime or something. But, you know, think about it. God's beginning to prophesy through the prophets over regions and cities and areas. God is beginning to say, I am moving not to move one heart, but to move a community of hearts. That's If you read through Acts, that's what happened. They moved community of hearts. 
and they fed, fell, hit every opposition from, from being up against the, the goddess Diana, you know, in Ephesus to uh, being against the sorcerers and all of those things. But with every step, the presence of God followed and poured out, tore down, destroyed the strongholds that have set yeah, themselves up yeah. against because of the obedience of whoever was sent. We're sent. And God has us in this obedience mode where it's like, how, how can I not? How can I not do that? How can I not? It's, it's a very interesting season that we're in. I want to look at one other place, uh, Colossians 2, 11 through 15. It says, in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in, work, in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him. Think about that. We are alive together with Christ. We are one with Christ. His spirit, the spirit of the living God dwells in us. All things are possible for him who believes. Having made you alive together with Christ, having forgiven you all trespasses, wiped out. You know, when we're forgiven, the word says that he remembers them no more. And it's not because he has a bad memory. I mean, think about it. When we are forgiven, he chooses never to remember it again. I remember it no more. We might remember it, but God doesn't. Once we are forgiven, that part is, that slate is wiped clean. Having wiped out the hand uh, writing of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way and having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities. Listen, disarmed. They have been disarmed principalities and powers. He has made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. What he has done we can walk in victory through. Yeah. And yes, the, the principalities of darkness, our war we know is a spiritual war. It's not a, a war of the flesh. But Christ has disarmed. He's given us all authority and power to have victory in every place he's put us. He's given us everything we needed. Amen. And if you read through the scripture, you see that everything we needed is faced with challenges. It's faced with persecution. It's faced with even Paul. He's like, well, I, I'm going here. But then in the night, the man from Macedonia showed up. I, that door was shut, but this door was open. And it was the yielding of his spirit to what the Holy Spirit wanted him to do that protected him from one place and sent him to Macedonia to be able to fulfill what the call was there. Philip, he left one place to go help the eunuch to bring it back to a whole nation who Christ was. 
and then he disappeared. Think of your life. Think of all the times that God has used you and you've walked away going, I didn't see that coming. I can't believe you would use me like that. I can't believe you would give me the word of wisdom that I need. I can't believe that you would give me the breakthrough that I needed for my business. I can't believe you rescued me. Gave me a new life, made me a new creation. I am one for the history books of heaven. That in my time and in my season, I went out and I transformed the world. The world that you gave me to transform. It may just be the world of Tarpon Springs. It may be Africa. Who knows? But wherever you are, whatever you've said, whatever you've prayed and interceded for has released a transformation from heaven that you won't even know till you get there for some of it. So good. God is so good to us. He is so good to us. And he surprises us and he confuses us. He calls us his own. I want to go back to Ephesians 4 for just a minute, and then we're going to close on this. Um. Well, we may close on this. We may close on something else. I had one other thing, too. We'll close where you want to close, God. Bill Johnson always says, if you get done before I do, you can go ahead and go. I'll be here for a while. I remember the first time I, he said that, I thought, huh, I wonder if people do. Because, you know, their services go on for like hours and hours and hours. Especially their night services. They're like three, four hours long. We've been out there in them. We're like, uh, we may take him up on that. No. <laughs> oh, sorry, I went to the wrong place. Where am I going to Ephesians 4? Okay, I want to go back to this, and I want to read one other little part on this. Um, you know, we talked about, uh, let me just read 11 again. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers for equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. You know, the unity of faith uh, is the agreement that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. It's the agreement of the basics of Scripture that God gave his son to die on a cross, to be buried and resurrected so that we could have the door of the throne room open to us for eternity in the now and forevermore. Unity of faith is misconstrued that we all are going to think the same thing. Unity of faith is believing what we have faith in. 
which is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's what we believe in. We believe in the Word. We believe in what occurred before the cross, up until the cross, and what is carried on through the cross. That's what we believe. That's what unity of faith is. I was part of a, a denomination who uh, went through a, a struggle for probably longer than a year. And their big struggle was Jesus, the only way. Now, this is a Christian denomination who's, when, when you're Christian, that means your faith is based on Christ, Right. I don't know. There's something I don't know. I didn't catch about that. But but I was actually on the board of the denominational, regional, whatever. And uh, I remember I was thinking. It was so it was so puzzling to me. I actually didn't get what they were saying. And they're they're trying to figure out, you know, is Christ really the only way? And I'm like, I don't need I actually did not understand what that meant. It was it was such a, a far it was such a far fetched thought for me. I actually was sitting there going, you know, in my brain I'm going, Lord, what is he saying? I mean, I yeah, what are you talking about, Willis? I, I did I was not getting it. And uh, finally I understood that there was a whole movement within our denomination to remove from our doctrine that Christ was the only way. And this is a major denomination. It's not like, it's not like a cult that had 10 people in it. Millions, millions of people. So they have a national meeting where they're voting whether Christ is the only way. They have a national meeting. Like everybody, I didn't go because I don't think I was invited or something. I don't know, which thank the Lord. Because there had been times where I had sat and cried during meetings because I was like, I don't even know what, I don't know what's going on here. And um, so they had a vote. Sun was shining, beautiful day. They voted that no, Christ was not the only way. The lightning hit, the thunder roared. I mean, they literally had uh, an event that occurred in that very moment, an event. Um, for some, huh, the weather changed suddenly for some, the awe and the fear of the Lord came on them. And in a, in a later meeting, they did reverse that vote, but understand I'm saying this because understand that we have people within the body of Christ that don't understand the basics tenets of the faith. They don't understand the, the, the O99. You know, the, the pre-college courses that say Jesus is Lord. And as believers, we tend to mock and um, hate on them. Because we know. Have you ever known? And they don't know? Well, we know. But what God is calling us to do it's to bring unity to the body. It's to say, you know, there is a calling outside of the body, but there's a calling within the body to help let us reason together. Let us come together and reason together. Let us pray for those who don't really understand that Jesus is Lord. 
that call themselves Christians that are actually going out and leading people to a Lord that doesn't exist. You know, part of our calling to the body is not just to our gathering family, but is to the body, the greater body. So that when the prophetic words are released, the whole body hears. That when Jesus is exalted, the body understands that he is Lord, that he has died on a cross, that he has shed his blood, that the only way we have what we have is because he did what he did. There is nothing else. So part of the challenge to an apostolic culture, an apostolic community is to shepherd in those who have gotten confused over who Jesus is. That is part of our calling. Is to make sure that we, know, we want the gospel heard all over. I heard a number of how many haven't heard the gospel. It was like, it was a lot. It was a lot more than I thought. But anyhow, to make sure that those who have heard the gospel and have said Jesus is Lord, but are struggling with whether Jesus is the only way or whether he really died on the cross or whether he was really one of our pastors a long, long time ago said that they just couldn't believe in the virgin birth. I was very young. I was like 20, maybe some 20 something. I was like, I, you know me, I'm just like, I don't really know what that means. I know what you said, but I actually don't know what it means because I'm thinking, right there. Then, well, I'm just thinking, then how did that actually work? Right. You know, because it's based on Isaiah, you know, for, you know I, I don't know, but I wasn't even that. I didn't even know the Bible, but I, I you know, that's where we've got to say, God, break open the hearts of your people Take in me what isn't aligned with what is you and remove it. Let me be holy and pure before you and where I am misaligned, realigned me and let me be a heart that loves the body, that wants the body to be whole and be someone who uses that you use to heal the body so that when we're one body, when we're united in Christ, we actually look like Christ. We talk like Christ. We move like Christ. We think like Christ. We have vision like Jesus has. Amen. Okay, I think that's it. I do, I do want to encourage us to really pray for, pray for the body because if the body aligns itself with what the actual word says, you know, right. I forget, I forget the number. It's like it's somewhere between 60 and 70% of Americans call themselves born-again believers. Now, we know that if that is accurate in our hearts, then our nation should look different. Yeah. Yeah. So think about it. 60 or 70% of Americans call themselves born again. So our nation should look like the word describes, which tells us that the 60 to 70% that call themselves that don't understand what a born again believer is. So 
it is not a judgment or a, a uh, uh, you know, a, a harsh against anybody. It's, Lord, help us to hunger and long for your righteousness. Help us to see what a born-again believer really looks like. And I say that I am, and if there's things in me that don't look like it, then I'm going to need that fixed. Yeah. I'm going to need for you to root out, trim back, cut off, and get me looking like you look. So we need the body of Christ rooted out, trimmed off, reshaped, so that our 60 to 70% will transform our nation. Amen? Okay, let's stand and pray. Lord, whew. So Lord, we're asking if anything's jumbled, just clarify. And I know that you are putting words in everybody. You're putting words in everybody. So Lord, let us bring our pieces together to present a whole vision for you uh, that you have for us, Lord. Even as, the, as we think about the body of Christ, Lord, I just want to release um, just a, a, a corporate agreement that we will all come into alignment to what the word of God says, that we will all be Jesus believers, Jesus followers, and that we will help others that, that uh, have gotten a little off track, like our denomination. It got off track where, where they didn't declare you as Lord. They declared you as someone pretty good. Lord, let the body rise up. Let them fall to their faces to, to find out where am I amiss so I can be aligned. Let us hear the voices, the prophetic voices, the apostolic calling to not only transform the church, the ecclesia, but also to transform the world, Lord. And as we are transformed, they are transformed. So God, we just thank you that, that we don't understand everything, but what we know is that your blood was shed so that we could be forgiven, that you were actually buried so that you could give us new life, that you were raised from the dead. You, you ascended into heaven. You sit at the right hand of the father. We have been given the spirit of the living God and that we live bilocationally in heavenly realms on the earth. So Lord, take us to not only capture the heart of the world, but to restore the heart of the body. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.